Good evening, Bengals fans. This is the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals podcast brought to you by the Back Row Fantasy Show. Go look at them on Twitter at the Back Row Fantasy Show. My name is Josh Miller. You can find me all over the place. You can find me at the Degenerate L1 on Twitter for all your gambling needs. You can also find me at Barstool UC if you for all of your Barstool needs and for your Cincinnati Bearcats news. You can find my blogs at www.thecollegeessentialblog.com. And uh, you can find me right here at Back Row Cincinnati Bengals on Twitter. Uh, Before we get into today's episode and talk about the game and talk about uh, everything that's gone on over the past couple of days, which has been quite a lot, uh, I wanted to say that our last episode was the highest listened to episode that we've had so far. I want to thank you guys so much for helping growing the brand. Uh, I want to thank Commissioner Yaz for coming on. It was awesome to have her on and and, uh, listen to her takes on the Bengals and uh, her dreaded John Ross takes. And we will get into John Ross later. Uh, But I got to say, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, One more thing, too, is is that I actually have an app that uh, shows me where everybody is listening from so and we're getting listeners from all over the globe we're getting listeners from we got one from india we got a listener from the netherlands uh, a couple from france a couple from germany uh, a couple from the uk uh if i'm missing anybody please dm me and tell me i missed you but i want to thank all you guys so much for listening and growing the brand and we're going to keep growing uh but we are going to talk about today's or uh, sunday's game and I just wanted to say first, though, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing for me. A lot of big things are happening uh, in my professional writing life. And uh, once that becomes official, I will uh, tweet that out. But I want to thank you guys so much. And uh, let's get into the game. The Bengals lose a heartbreaker in Indianapolis. Uh, the Bengals fall 27-31 to the Colts. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, with another 300-yard game. He goes 25 for 39, 313 yards. He has one interception on the final drive of the game. He took two sacks, only two sacks. O-line played pretty well. And um, he, the sacks totaled up for 13 yards. Joe Mixon leads the way with rushing. He had 18 carries for 54 yards. He had one touchdown um, that was on the goal line. Joe Burrow also ran a touchdown and had no passing touchdowns. T. Higgins led the receivers in yards with six receptions and 125 yards. A.J. Green uh, closely following up behind him with eight receptions and 96 yards. A lot of those coming off of very crucial fourth down and third down conversions. Um, And the team honestly played good enough to win. Played good enough to win. Bengals start out hot right out the gate, 21-0. And sure enough, in Bengals fashion, they blow it. And I got to say, um, just just watching the game, and uh, I was actually watching it with my family and a couple friends, and my friends happened to be Browns fans. And uh, as soon as the Bengals went up 21 nothing, I looked over to them. I said, I've seen the Bengals blow 21 to nothing leads before, and I'll watch them do it again. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um, and honestly, I, I, got, I, I got so much to say about this game. Uh, number one, let's start with the positives. Again, Joe Burrow is just another another game where he throws 300 yards, another game where he does make great decisions. Um, and, I mean, I got to say that that pick at the end, uh, he did miss, a, he miss his receivers on the right. Uh, that was a bad ball by him into bad coverage. However, 
that was pretty much his only really terrible decision of the game that I can think of, and he made some phenomenal plays, one of them being a 67-yard bomb to T. Higgins, and uh, T. Higgins made an absolutely great play to get behind the safeties on the corner. And the offense played good enough to win. They scored 27 points, but they absolutely stall in the second half and only score three. Um, so obviously, let's get into the back part of the game. Uh, when the Colts started to uh, gel together on defense, and you know, they, it was honestly, it wasn't even the second half that they started. It was the end of the first half when they they closed it all the way down to three. And I, I, I got to say that that was one of the most embarrassing games that, that I've watched in a, in a long time just because of how far ahead we were, how great we were playing. The defense was playing very, very good. Uh, started off with a fumble. I mean, I know that it was a really unforced fumble. Uh, but anyway, we capitalized on it, something that the Bengals have a you know large amount of trouble on, uh, which is capitalizing on turnovers. They did that. And uh, somehow still can't pull it out. Absolutely embarrassing. And honestly, I, I got nobody to blame for this game but the coaches. And and I'll tell you why. When you were up 21 to nothing, you have got to close that game out. We've talked about a lot about Zach Taylor's record in one-score games, and he's I like two and 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 ten. Or it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Actually, I think it might now be one ten and one. Um, and, uh, you know, and the, a lot of the argument was, well, at least the players are playing hard and, and at least the players are, are giving their effort and we're in these games. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, it's the National Football League. Nobody cares how hard you play. Nobody cares. It's time to start putting some in the W column, and especially this one. We've seen it this year that this team has been continuously held back by coaching, by bad coaching decisions. Bad use of personnel. We're going to get into that with the uh, D line because I got to tell you, the defensive line is not happy, and especially Carlos Dunlap. And seeing stuff like that, it really does hurt, considering the fact that I thought the Bengals had one thing about them that that you know a lot of these losing teams never really had, and I think it was a lot of the reason why Zach Taylor kept his job from last year to this year is that the locker room never really quit. You never really saw the locker room kind of like dissolve in on each other. And they never really saw like this year was doing the same thing. Now it is. It's honestly, you're, you're absolutely saying it. And um, it's honestly really sad. But anyway, back to the game. I know I get off. Well, that's one of my biggest flaws. I get off track way too easily. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, let's go back to the game. The play that's got to do it for me has got to be the third and two call where we need to get the first down. We are in field goal range, but we need to get the first down. If we get a touchdown here, our defense can stop and we can win the game right here. Third and two. We go into a diamond set for some reason. And we give the ball to Samaj P. Ryan. The dude has had zero carries through five games. He might, he might have one. Did, is it me? Or did we not just sign Joe Mixon to four years to, you know, run the ball? Run the ball. That, that's, that's literally all we do. That's all we wanted, needed him to do. That is running the ball. Third and two, we decided to give it to Samaj P. Ryan. What sense? Does that even make?
The O-line was playing very good up to that point. Joe Burrow only got sacked twice. Uh, Joe Mixon was carrying the ball, and he was getting really good yardage. He didn't have a huge uh, break in uh, in the hole. He didn't have a huge gain. Uh, his longest of the day um, for eight, for Joe Mixon was – I'm sorry about this, but Joe Mixon was – his longest of the day was nine yards. So he on 18 carries and 54 yards, he's still averaging good, good chunk of yards every single run. Third and two. Joe Burrow at that point was throwing for 330 he, – he's – reaching 300 yards he's throwing very well t higgins at that point had over 100 yards our play call was a handoff to samaj ap ryan i mean what sense does that even make i i, I don't even that, that that's like honestly when i first saw it my first instinct was that's like when you call the madden fullback dive because of madden the fullback usually gets like two or three yards every every time he touches the ball just because no one's really expecting it. This isn't Madden. It's the NFL. And Zach Taylor calls a Samaj P. Ryan run up the gut from the H-back position? That doesn't even make any sense. Give it to Joe Mixon. Hell, let Joe Burrow sneak it two yards. He's big enough. They don't even get any yards. Fourth to do. We kick it. We miss it. absolutely abysmal because if we make that Colts go down and score a field goal and instead of being up by four they're up by one and then we can kick a field goal to win the game absolute travesty disaster however you want to call it absolute abysmal end to the game and I gotta say I completely blame it on coaching completely blame it on coaching how do you let that happen you're an NFL coach. How do you let that happen? How do you let a team all the way back like that when, you're, when your offense and your defense is playing pretty well? Especially your, especially your offense. And Zach Taylor's an offensive coach. They scored three points in the entire second half. That's unacceptable. Zach Taylor, now, uh, he is now 3-18-1 and, and somehow still has a job. When are we going to say that this Zach Taylor experiment didn't work? And listen, I under and, and trust me, I understand that the Bengals are very stingy on on how they change coaches. Clearly, I mean, I've only really known two coaches my entire life. It's Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor. And there's something to that. Now, look, take that as you will. When the Marvin was here and a lot of people were asking for him to be fired, I mean, up to that point, he's gotten to the playoffs a lot. But I got but Marvin and Zach are obviously two very different coaches with two uh, very different resumes. However, I, I I don't know how you look at three and eighteen. You have your franchise quarterback for the next ten to fifteen years. You have Joe. He's our guy. This is it. Like like he's it. He's getting sacked all over the place. But like I said, the offensive line played better today, but he got sacked seven times against the Ravens, eight times against the Eagles. We're losing games. We're one, four, and one when we really honestly could easily be four and two. Four and two. I'd say our, our losses just come from the Browns and the Ravens. 
Chargers, that's a win. I I, I think we, we got to win that. 13-16 to 16 at your place. You drive all the way down to the five. I mean, I understand that was a terrible pass interference call on A.J. Green. Randy Bullock cramps cramps a leg. Look, I, and then I, I can let I can let that go. Okay, but then we go to the Browns game. Defense can't stop anything. Can't stop anything on the running on on the ground. Lou Anarumo's defense historically can't stop anything on the ground. There's another loss, thirty and th- or thirty and thirty five. That one I'm fine with losing to. That one that one we never really were in the game. But again, our offense scored thirty five points. Joe Burrow threw for three hundred yards. Lose the game. Come on. Then we go to Philadelphia. Oh, my God. Another showing that our defense is horrible on the last play of the drive, or on the last drive of the game. That's what matters the most. It's the NFL. I'm sorry if if this seems too harsh, but how do you let that happen? It's not about how good the players play. It's about how can you put the W, can you put a one in the win column? Carson Wentz leads the team all the way down, drives all the way down, gets through the defensive line, scores a touchdown. We tie the game. Then we go and get smacked by Baltimore. That one we had no chance in. That one I'll, I'll let go. Wow. Wow. Up 21 to nothing. I don't, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I mean, I do know. Lou Anaromo isn't up to the task, and neither is Zach Taylor. That's it. I'm tired of of hearing about how good your players play. It doesn't matter. Who cares how good your players play? We're losing. We have three wins from last year. Three. That's it. Three wins. How is that acceptable? Absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And I don't know as a franchise how you can look in this guy and say, yeah, he's our answer. He's our answer. I mean, what do you have to defend him against? Last year, I'll give I'll give him that. There was a major talent deficiency. And he's a new coach. I can give him that. But now, there's no excuses. But he's not winning games. He's not doing what we're paying him to do. We spent a lot of money in the offseason. We spent way too much money to be 1-4-1 and one right now. And 0-18, uh, by the way, 0-19-1 on the road. He can't win on the road. What's he got to do? Zach, like honestly, like Zach, where do you want it? I don't get it. I don't get it anymore. With Zach Taylor, my patience has completely run out. And I think yours has too. I think my patience with Lou Anaruma has run out. And I'll throw Brian Callahan in that bus, but I mean he doesn't do much. Zach Taylor's calling the plays. He's not even giving him a chance. I don't understand how Zach Taylor could keep his job after this year. I don't. And now with something that is really a telltale sign of what is happening with the Zach Taylor era. We got now veteran players upset at him. Look, I understand that 
there is going to be to a point where Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins are not going to be the best players on our defensive line. They're they're going to get older. They're going to and we're going to get younger guys that are good. I think Carl Lawson is a stud. I think he is. I think he's a stud. And that from what I what we heard last game, obviously Carlos Dunlap was benched, and apparently he wasn't told. And he said his frustrations on Instagram, said it all over Twitter. He's frustrated with his playing time and everything. He's using his First Amendment rights, and, and I got no problem with that, but it hurts to see it. It sucks to see it. Because on, on top of everything, honestly, from, from podcaster to writer to, to blogger, whatever, I am a Bengals fan in, until I die, and I grew up with the team. And it sucks watching them deteriorate like this, but you're seeing it. Carlos Dunlap is very unhappy. Gino, very, very unhappy. Gino Atkins, you know, he doesn't say much, and he's very quiet. And that's, and you know... That, that's good on him to, uh, you know, because if you put stuff out in media, it's going to get taken, you know, one way or the other. You know, having a job in media, I know how that goes. So that, that's good. I don't know what his frustration is. Why is he not on the field more? I got to sympathize with them. On that last drive that the Colts had, why was Gino and Carlos not out there for the entire time? Are they really, like, worse than what we're putting out there? And look, Christian Covington is, is okay. He's okay. He's not Geno Atkins. Colin Kareem is, is, is good. He could be really good. He's not Carlos Dunlap. Why aren't they out there? That's on Zach Taylor. He's not using his personnel. It feels like a lot of times that A.J. Green isn't out there. I'm very, very important throws and very important drives it changed this time around he was out there for this one but he wasn't for previous games you got aj green saying just trade me which which again what was you know he said that was taken out of context and and i get that but but you can tell aj green is frustrated you can tell Carlos Dunlap is very frustrated. He went uh, Instagram live last night. I watched it. Really, not much to take away from it. The fact that, but the fact that he's even doing anything like that must mean something. It must mean something. But now we're in a, we're in a bad spot. And I gotta say, we gotta get out of it before Zach Taylor keeps dragging us down. And what I don't understand is that. Zach Taylor was terrible at UC. He was awful. He was here when Tommy Tuberville was here. Ran our program into the ground. He's doing the same thing with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I understand. Look, I understand that there's not much out there right now in terms of head coaches or anything like that. I get that. I think it's time to – I think it's time because if we're going to do it, it's like a toxic relationship. The longer you let it go on – it may be more comfortable, but if the longer you let it go on, the worse it gets. I had to figure that out in my own life. And the Bengals got to figure it out in their franchise. Rip it off. You're not going to get anywhere with this. If he's not your answer, then why are we wasting time? Then let's put it into our player's head. That, all, right, all right, Zach Taylor isn't our guy. We're going to have an interim, and the ne next year we're going to get the guy that's going that we're going to mold our future around. Now, the popular name 
out there is Eric Bieniemy. Trust me. I've seen that Casey offense. They already won a Super Bowl. He is proven. A, lo- a hell of a lot more proven than Zach Taylor. And look, and, and you know, say what you want about, about coaches coming under a wing and, and coming from certain coaches and, and such. Um, I mean, we got Zach Taylor from the Sean McVay when everybody started grabbing the Sean McVay guys. And it's in Andy Reid, that time is coming. It might be time to start to grab Eric Bianami. We got to get somebody in that knows what they're doing. Zach Taylor doesn't know what he's doing. It's not good. Now, can Zach Taylor maybe, like, be be an assistant and be okay? And maybe, you know, like, still be a, still be good for the team? Sure. I think he I think he is good with quarterbacks. I think he could help Joe Burrow continue on a quarterback track. But we have got to get a new head coach in there because right now we are losing our locker room. AJ Green, Carlos Dunlap, Chino Atkins, all those guys. I understand we got to build for the future. I I I get it. I get it. But if the veterans start not liking where they are at, the rookies won't either. The the rookies won't like it either. Something's got to be figured out. And I got to say, after running that Samaj P. Ryan freaking play, I think that that should have been the time to, all right, he's not our guy anymore. That's it. I can't do it. I honestly can't find a reason why Zach Taylor should still be here. All right. Uh, one more thing with the uh, Bengal. That was my Zach Taylor rant of the day. Let's go to um, – the latest edition that came at this came out this morning is John Ross is asking for a trade. Commissioner, yes, I told you. I want to apologize, but I told you. John Ross in Cincinnati just does not fit. Listen. John, I hope maybe you're listening. The reason you're still on the Bengals is because Nobody, nobody has wanted to trade it for you already. We would have traded you already. Nobody wants you. He's bar- you're bar- John Ross is barely on the field. When he is, he's ineffective. Can't track the ball. Can't catch anything. Now he's asking for a trade. Homie, we would have traded you. I would have loved to have traded you, but we can't. Because nobody's asking for you. Now, I've had seen some... John Ross and David Njoku just one for one. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if the Browns are going to agree to that. I don't know if the Bengals are going to agree to that. We've still got Drew Sample. Now, Drew Sample is definitely ineffective, and we could really use a tight end because C.J. Uzama is out. But a one for one trade just like that, I, I just don't think they're going to go for it. I don't know who's going to go for this trade. I don't know who wants t- who wants John Ross. I don't know. I mean, if, if if somebody can give me a trade that actually makes sense for John Ross, then I want to listen to it. But I don't even know what we offer. What does he offer? Yeah, and then on top of this now, we got guys asking for trades. For sure now. A.J. Green was, was up in the air, but now, like, for sure, John Ross is asking for a trade. What do we do with that? Trade John, we got we got nowhere to send you, buddy. 
I don't, I don't want him on. I don't, I don't want him on the team. Trust me. But here we are. So we got to get that figured out. Bengals got a big game on Sunday against the Browns. I will be in attendance for that game. I'm going to be down at the banks for that one. Uh, oh no, actually, I'm going to be tailgating at Longworth Hall. Please come and uh, come see me, and uh, we'll do a little shoulder or uh, uh, elbow bump or whatever, and uh, have a cold beer and chop up some football. Would love to hear from you guys. Uh, love to meet everybody. Love to hear who you know who's listening. You know, you can come tell me I'm an idiot. Come tell me I'm smart. You can do whatever you want. Tell me I'm entertaining. Tell me I'm not. I want to hear everything. I want to meet all of my listeners. I appreciate you guys so much. Like I said, our last episode was the uh, largest listening audience that we've had. Let's do it again right here. Let's have an even bigger one. Uh, I really appreciate all of you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Who day? Let's go get the Browns next week. Uh, I will see you guys on Thursday to uh, preview the game. All right. I'll see you guys later. Bye.